Wouldn't you love to know how to create, grow, and preserve your wealth? Well, you are now in the right place. Welcome to the Wealth Wise Podcast, all courtesy of VM Wealth Management. Season two is back and in full effect. Thank you for joining me for episode one of the VM Wealthwise podcast. It's such a pleasure to be back here with you guys, our loyal listeners. Now, this season will have us digging into wealth from various angles. And for today's episode, we decided to hit the ground running with some strong women who works hard for their money. <laughs> but before I allow my guests to introduce themselves, did you know that globally, women held 30% of all wealth controlled by individuals or families in 2015, up from 28% in 2010, 44% had grown their wealth independently as entrepreneurs. So continuing from, and this is an excerpt from BBC. So by 2020, women were expected to control up to 72 trillion US dollars. That is 32% of all wealth that is up from 51 trillion US dollars in 2015. Those numbers are massive, right? For what you would consider women. But let me tell you, women are a force to be reckoned with in today's society. So I did a little digging and I pounced up on the Forbes billionaire list. There are many women billionaires, but on March 6, 2022, Forbes released its top 10 list of the richest women in the world. Now, these ladies are self-made and it means they founded or co-founded a company or established their own fortune as opposed to inheriting it. So I pulled a few names that you may be familiar with. So number eight on the Forbes billionaire list, we have Susan Clatton and her net worth is 24.3 billion. And her source of wealth is BMW as well as the pharmaceuticals. And she's all the way from Germany. Um, not a number of you would really remember this name um, in the news a, a few years ago, Mackenzie Bezos Scott. That's Jeff Bezos wife and her net worth is a 43.6 billion and that's from Amazon and she's from the US and coming in in number two you may not know this name and it may not be popular but the business is extremely popular in the US Walmart and that lovely lady Alice Walton her net worth is 65.3 billion that's amazing, right? And taking the number one spot is Francois Bettencourt. And she's from L'Oreal, France. And her net worth is $74.8 billion. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, but I want to be on the Forbes billionaire list quite soon. Hope and pray, right? So... Let me introduce you to our boss babes, who these women are billionaires in the making. So we have Ticia Bennett, owner of Rev Jewelry. Daniel Thompson, who is the founder of Nature My Therapy. 
and Chef Travon Donegal Porto, who is the executive chef at Sarah 274. How are you guys feeling today? Very good. We're good. You're excited to be here? It's, mo it's money. It's money we're talking about <laughs> in on oh, the yeah. show, you know. Ready. Right. <laughs> so I'm gonna start off with Danielle. Danielle Pretty, you see? Jeez. <laughs> Danielle, you have managed to turn your healthy journey into income. Yes. Could you give us a summary of how Nature My Therapy came to fruition? Sure. Thanks for that question. Um, one of my favorite things to talk about. So Nature My Therapy is the result of a personal journey, a journey to self-fulfillment and healing using Mother Nature. That's the plants, that's holistic practices like meditation, yoga, and getting deeply in touch with what my body was trying to tell me when it, I was not doing so well health-wise. That is how it got started. Um, and the results are pretty obvious. <laughs> I feel good. Looking good. Thank you. <laughs> and feeling great. And really being able to validate one of the oldest premises that we know. Our health or wealth is connected to the earth and how we live in harmony and how well we are able to listen and honor our body. So that is how I got started. And that's how therapy started. Wow. Thank you so much, Daniel. That's amazing. It's always important for us to feel our best, like our best selves and to be our Definitely. best selves. Absolutely. So, Chef Trevon. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I really, really want to know, what does SEER 274 mean? Like, that's my burning question <laughs> before we jump right into it. You know? So, SEER 274. SEER is actually an acronym. It's Sweet and Savory Eats, Authentically Revised. And the hold on, hold on. You know, you, you know, I'm going to ask you to say that again. Our listeners really want to understand this because your restaurant sounds very fancy and I love it. I love the, the elegance um, in the name. So let's go again. Yeah. So it's an acronym, SARE 274, Sweet and Savory Eats, Authentically Revised. So when you actually spell SARE, the name SARE itself is actually a cooking term. Mm -hmm. So it kind of fit in beautifully with what I actually do because I execute savory dishes as well as sweet dishes um, very, very well. And that's very uncommon for chefs out here to do. That is quite an amazing way to, to just sum up how, you know, you, 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 you came up with the concept being a chef and using the, the word sear and what it actually means in the acronym very interesting. So uh, I want to hear some more about your journey, though. What made you thought about becoming a female chef in Jamaica at that? Well, to be honest, we've come a long way. I've been doing this for a little while now. Um, I think back in the day when my journey started, which I feel like culinary chose me. I randomly, well, not randomly. We're actually going to migrate and I needed to pick what I was going to be doing in school. Um, we opted not to leave again. So, of course, you know, the usual business is offered here. So my parents said, you know what? If it's offered here, you're not going to go again. All my friends were going off to college, you know, abroad. And I was like, what can I do that will interest me and I can, you know, just kind of breeze through, <laughs> breeze through ish. And I picked um, culinary because at the time it wasn't really offered here. 
Um, yes, UTEC had it, but um, again, at the time, the UTEC program wasn't that great. And so I went to Johnson & Wales. Um, I went to the Miami campus, um, Biscayne, um, and I just I fell in love with it. So I feel like it kind of picked me. Um, and I left from Johnson & Wales and took it further. And I went to Le Cordon Bleu in London. Um, and fancy. Did, that was fancy. <laughs> that was super fancy. So you know it's fancy when you're doing a, 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 a chicken dish and you get the chickens imported from France with little French tags on the collars. Ooh. Yes, that's how you know it's fancy. <laughs> and you fell in love. I fell in love. Been in love with it ever since. I can see the passion and the sparkle in her eyes when she speak about, um, you know, her journey into becoming a chef. Now we have Ticia <laughs> to my right. Um, Ticia, tell us about, you know, Rev Jewelry. Um, who, who are you and, and how did it come about? Uh, thank you for having, for having me, first of all. And thank you for that question. Um, I'm actually bilingual. So Rev is French for dream. And my parents, we grew up in a home where both my parents were small business owners. So I've always known that I was going to have my own business. I just didn't know what it was going to be about. And um, while I was in high school, I switched from doing languages. But then when I studied at UA and UTEC, I fell in love. I had to, what I was doing, I had to um, choose a language and I picked French back up again. I did it for two years. And while I was there, I was like, you know, when I have my company, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to call it Rev, um, which is Dream. And of course, there's so many different assets and facets to me as an individual. I wanted to be a chef at one point. So I did. Uh -huh. I know what you're talking about, the UTEC thing. I did that also for two years. And I started that journey from Arden High School. Because um, I remember one of my classmates was Oji Jaja, who is a very accomplished chef as well. Um, but then... I found the limitations in Jamaica, like I had more freedom in high school than in at the university level. So I kind of fell out of love with it. So I switched into something else. Um, but I love fashion. I love art. You know, all my friends and family will tell you that about me. And I've always been very different. Um, but so I didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, I went and lived in France. It was my, one of my first jobs after leaving school. And while I was there, I fell in love with being a black woman even more. I fell in love and felt more connected to my island home. I missed it so the smallest things I missed. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and um I started thinking about my brother and how much he would love the art and how much it was appreciated in Europe and in France. I didn't live in Paris, but I would take frequent trips there. Because one of the things with their culture is that the museums and all of the the galleries and so on. Like, I think it's every last Sunday. I can't remember now. It's free to the public. So I would jump on the train. I live like three and a half hours away. You know, I was proper country and I would just fall in love with everything. Uh, and, and I'm like a sponge. I love to learn. So I was falling in love with the culture, everything that was different about them that I used to be like, yo, I want to them people here. Yeah. <laughs> like when I, um, where I lived there, you have to give them four kisses. If you're short, them and them kisses are like, oh, pardon me, mademoiselle, say cat bisou. I'm like, I want to them people. You know, Jamaicans, that was a culture shock. Um, but when I came home, I just started wearing, my brother started going to Edna and he chose a goldsmithing, which is the art of fine jewelry making as an elective and fell in love with it. And you know, being the big sister, I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to assign myself as your manager that nobody takes advantage of my little brother. And it just sparked out of that. So he started as a teen and he started making these wild pieces because I think artists, not think, I know artists are born. He's always been like that. And so it naturally merged and we co-founded the company together. And less than a year later, we won Avant-Garde Design of the Year. That was the first time and the only time a jeweler's ever won anything like that. And we just kept going. We opened our first space, which became the first and only store that only sells handmade jewelry and accessories. And we also, because it's also our, our language, we believe in community. And so when we opened our store at Devon House in 2009, we decided that we wanted to be inclusive of other handmade artisans. And that just just mushroomed and just kept growing into something else. Like no, since 2014, I sit on the board as a, the official liaison for female on, um, artisans within the region um, with a company called um, Associates of Caribbean, um, States of Caribbean Associates. So it's like women in Latin and Latin America as well as the CARICOM region. So Jamaica um, is one of the three uh, liaisons and I represent for Jamaica. Um, and I carry artists from Guadalupe and Martinique and Haiti because I can have dialogue with them and carry their work and people from as far as Guyana. So it's, it's really grown into something even bigger than I envisioned at first. So now I stand 35 plus artisan strong in our store. Listen, Rev has grown. <laughs> yes, it tremendously. has. Tremendously. I'm so grateful. And I remember being a teen when, Re <laughs> yes, I'm very young, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so chill. Just to see where, um, you know, the, 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 the artisan community is coming from, the, you know, that growth is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. For that response. <laughs> and, uh, um, I have another question for you, Daniel. Sure. You know, how how do you overcome any doubts that may arise about your success and your journey? Oh, that question is deep. How do I overcome doubts that arise about my journey? Um, so that's speaking to what I think everyone experiences when you are passionate about something. Um, for me, what helps is to remember why I started, to remember my own personal growth and my network and family of clients and customers, um, touching bases with my support group, uh, persons who have been with me from the beginning um, to make sure that I am on path, I'm on target and to remind me of the benefit of the business that, you know, we do. So at therapy, we're providing a service of health, a service of support, helping people to eat well and to consume things that are good for them. So with that as a route, I find going back into that space and reconnecting is, is very, very useful. Of course, you want to check your metrics and make sure that you're hitting targets. But really, it's a, an internal journey to remember why you started, what your goals are and, you know, being with you, enriching your community and being enriched by your community. That's an amazing way to, to, you know, envision where you're coming from, where you want to go and to hold firm into, you know, your goal and your dreams. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Daniel. Um, chef. I call you chef, right? It's so, so nice. <laughs> I don't want to say chef. <laughs> Trevon, 
a little birdie told me that you're a new mom. I am. Congratulations. Thank you. How difficult is it to balance your career and entrepreneurship and family life? Well, like you said, I'm a new mom. So I've just started juggling that now. Um, I, he's four months old. Ooh. So I'm just coming out of you know, my maternity leave. <laughs> but even at two months, I was still trying to see what I could do in terms of getting back into the workspace. And my customers are amazing. I try and service all my clients. So um, just to test myself and see what I could manage. And it's, um, it's, it's difficult juggling, you know, being a, a new mother. Um, it is really not easy. What would normally take me an hour or two hours, you know, takes me a while, like a while, <laughs> because he's very demanding. And then what I'm doing is also very demanding. And I'm, I want to make sure I deliver superior products to my customers all the time. So um, I have a really, really, really good support system. Um, he comes to work with me. I have his little bassinet and his little rocker. Aww. And it's right there on top of the deep freeze. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though my nanny is there, I st I'm still very active. And he's, you know, he's right there with me. That's amazing. <laughs> you're, you're pulling off the super mom stunt already and mm -hmm. she just started. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's quite I'm impressive. Trying, I'm trying. Ticio, mm. how different is the reality of being an entrepreneur as opposed to, you know, your expectations? Because <laughs> you, you start so <laughs> nice, you know, auntie. And I know that you, you, you gave a wonderful <laughs> testimony about growth. But, yeah. you know... Um, Wow, that's such a loaded question because the thing that I've accepted and I guess getting older, um, it's about balance. Because um, I had um, a, a kid like three years ago. He's a toddler now, Jesus. And it's a lot of work. But I mean, even becoming a mother myself and thing and um, all the things that you plan. One, things that, one thing I like about being an entrepreneur is like sometimes you have an idea and you execute it and it becomes greater than you anticipated so even this journey that i'm walking is a living testimony to that and then there are moments when you have to you have to just let like i have to remind myself that life is about the flow and wealth is not just about a destination and i mean daniel spoke earlier about health and that's one of the biggest things in in like from my definition of true wealth so when people talk about just enjoying the journey I think they talk about that's what it really means. It's not just financial freedom, but just being able to be present and being able to pour into the people around you. So these new um, roles that I'm playing now, like becoming wifey, becoming mommy, um, I'm learning and I'm just taking everything graciously. So I think, you know, when I started out, I, I have a way of being, I'm very driven and very ambitious. So I have tunnel vision and I'm very focused. So when I wanted to do something, like I remember when I wanted to go to France, like everybody was like, oh, you're going to do that. And um, my parents didn't have any money to send me, but I found a way. I got sponsored to London and I got somebody else to pay for me to go to France. And I ended up inspiring other friends who went to live in France because of that. So I've never been afraid to just, you know, do what I really want to do inside and just Wherever the, the, the chips fall, I trust that the Lord is leading me and I just need to learn from it. So entrepreneurship is just a continuous journey of learning. And I think I'm still in a process 
but I've learned to have more compassion for myself and to understand that, you know, take time to smell the roses and to just enjoy every aspect of what's going on. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love how the common factor amongst us as ladies is just that that air of perseverance and mm. and love and a passion for what we believe in and what we were going after. And we 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 don't we don't choose to just fall down and just stay down and mm -mm. when the chips come at you and you know when life the hits you yeah. and <laughs> we, we 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 get up mm -hmm, and yes. we push forward and even me um I'm a banker mm -hmm. and boy we have rough days in, in, imagine, in, in, yeah. in corporate life but we still find a way to push through and to make it work mm -hmm. for our you know, clients mm -hmm. and our team. Our team is a big part of our success. Yeah. Um, we can't forget the people behind us, the people in front of us, the people yeah. around us. And so this is this is really an amazing conversation that <laughs> um, we're having. And I love the fact that um, you brought up wealth because <laughs> we work hard for the money, ladies. Uh. We do. We do. And... I want to ask, Chef, what does wealth mean to you? <laughs> or, or how would you define wealth? So wealth for me is not just um, an abundance of valuable things or possessions or anything desirable. Um, yes, it's financial freedom to be able to do the things I want to accomplish. Um, it is health. Um, it is having family and friends and loved ones and just being able to enjoy life's journey you have one life mm. and and that, i think feel like that sums up what wealth is for me yes there's the money yes there are the things but when you're dead you can't take it with you mm -mm. so you need to enjoy this facts <laughs> you need to enjoy your life you need to find balance um and you need to but of course yes it takes money to do certain things absolutely you be sensible about it but Wealth isn't the all-encompassing, nice car, house, all these things. Negative, not for me. What about you, Danielle? What are your thoughts on, on wealth and you know, what does it mean to you? Well, for me, wealth is another word for freedom, another word for realizing your possibility. I believe we're all born and we are imbued with, with abundance. We're imbued with, with positivity and greatness. So that's, it's translating. It's finding the best way for you as an individual to translate what you were born with, what your journey has been thus far into a return. And return doesn't just mean financial. That's important. Um, dollars and cents, investments, that's important. But also being able to translate it in a way where you're able to give. We're able to pour where you become a fountain, not just for enriching yourself, but enriching the people who are around you. So wealth is something that I would love to say is no longer a scary topic. It's no longer a mountain that you're saying, oh, I have to climb this mountain and, you know, all these checks and balances and so are going to be in my way. It's like, no, this is a learning opportunity. This is growth. And as I grow as an individual, I become more aware of my own value and the value I'm able to put forward. So that's what wealth means to me now, where I am on my journey. I'm, I'm interested to see as I grow what, you know, new sides to it I will have um, opinions on. 
Listen, Daniel. <laughs> I love the analogy about the fountain. Couldn't have been more profound. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, what are some of the best practices you would say um, you ladies use when it comes to money management as entrepreneurs? And I'm going to ask Tisha first. <laughs> Why you come over here, miss? <laughs> but, um... Oh my gosh, I believe in legacy. And I think um, our chef was mentioning that a little, a little earlier. Um, and legacy for me is just, I'm a, I'm a product of all the people who left all the different countries to be here in Jamaica. You know what I mean? My ancestors. And I love my, my granny them who passed away and everything. And I remember my grandmother used to tell me, one man cook a full basket. And I'm so, oh, yes. I love remembering those things because my home that I grew up in, my parents were so hardworking. They didn't really teach me a lot about wealth creation because they never know themselves. So we weren't like financially wealthy in that household. But like when we say wealthy in other ways, they taught me the value of defining wealth. And so one of the practices I use, um, which has been very enduring for me, is I believe in being authentic and true to myself and run my own race. So I don't try to keep up with the Joneses, you know. Um, and sometimes people criticize me for that, but I know my truth and I'm happy that those values have been instilled in me. So one of the things I firmly believe in is that don't hang your basket where you can't, you can't reach it. So it means that, um, make calculated, take calculated risks. You know what I mean? If you're going to take a loan, make sure you're going to take the loan for pour back into your business and it's going to make money for you. It's not going to be like taking the loan or using the grant to build a grand like house or do some renovation, stay home or something like that. You know what I mean? Because I've heard of entrepreneurs who have done that to their detriment. Um, and so I believe that that's one of the things I practice adamantly in our business is making, you know, wise decisions based on where we are and based on the goals that we want to achieve. So I've really spent time to educate myself um, about finances and Surrounding myself with people can help me to make those decisions. And I take my time. So we set goals and we use a SMART, you know, that acronym. Yes. <laughs> set these yes. goals. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I run my I run my own race. Me and my brother, we look on my thing. We see the goals that we want to set. We see what, we, what we're trying to accomplish. And we, we try to reach out and to have a network of people that we can refer to. And, you know, VM, to be honest, is one of the people in our, in our network that we can bounce things off of and we can execute things but yo the Jamaican proverb them have enough enough wisdom one one cocoa full basket and don't um, don't hang your thing where you can't reach it take your time you know and and those are some of the things that we've been practicing in our company listen the, 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 the gems <laughs> the gems the proverbs from our grandparents yeah, man. bless up my granny them yeah <laughs> they, the, those things they, they just they're here in our in, in our brain and they're like yeah, Listen, hey, hey, mm, let me tell you, you know, don't make that move, you know. Yeah. You remember something <laughs> in the past, like, oh, yeah. let me just draw a break right there. <laughs> Pull up the handbrake because we don't want to put our hands mm -hmm. where our, yeah, we'll pocket, our we put, can, put, 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 what's the same? Put your heart where your hand can reach. reach. Exactly. So I remember the things that yeah. you know, big up my grandmother. You know? <laughs> big Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 um, Daniel. What, yeah. what money management? Tell me what, what is it like for you? 
money management? Well, this is a very it's a very good question for anyone who's starting out um, in, in, in business and entrepreneurship. That's something you want to look into. Um, how do you manage your money? What's your um, how, is, how is it that you look at money? Do you fare it? Do you welcome it? You know, what is your money story? That's super important. So I think that's a good place to start. That's where I should have started um, examining my relationship with money and with wealth. And then becoming educated because our school system, bless it, we are not typically <laughs> not typically taught about money creation, money management, um, and what wealth building should look like. You know, within the state that we're in now, we know things are shifting. So I'd say that's somewhere else that I should have started um, getting my foundation very firm, understanding you know about your taxes, bookkeeping, and the emphasize. Getting the foundation right. So having a good accountant, having good advisors, understanding where, you know, the leaks are happening and tracking. When you're just starting out, it's not going to look good. And in different parts of your journey, it's not going to look good depending on what's happening, meaning your targets no, won't necessarily be met in the way you would like. So get educated, get the advice, plug those holes and record, record, record. Without a record, mm -hmm. you can't plan. You don't know that next step. And then don't be afraid to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to call on people and be like, I am out of my depth. This is not where I am comfortable and I would like advice and assistance. And I'm speaking to myself because at every new level <laughs> that you unlock, you need the proper guidance for where you are. So that is what I would say um, would have been the best place for me to start. So I would speak about that right here. Um, and yeah, enjoy it. Don't be afraid of building wealth. Don't be afraid of money. Don't be afraid of investment. It's another part of the journey and you will grow through learning. And you only really learn when it is that you are putting action to what you have been told or what you have read. Make it actionable. Make it smart. Mm -hmm. Record it and move on. Keep going. It's a, it's a journey. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned financial education definitely because a lot of women in business we are not financially no, literate we are not and we think we know it but we don't really know it and one of the things that kind of hold us back sometimes is we, we are afraid to ask for absolutely. help absolutely because mm -hmm. as women part of the truth <laughs> sometimes our pride say oh you know they're expecting us to know no. it all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but really and truly sometimes we don't know it all we don't mm -hmm. and um women we 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 are our own community and each of us have our own strengths, we have our own talents, and we can rely on each other. Yes. We can rely on each other to build ourselves as well as to build each other, our respective communities and our respective businesses. Mm -hmm. So that is a key tip to, to just get financially educated, lean on somebody who knows. I don't really know much about cooking. But I love to cook. <laughs> no, I don't know. So her chef no, went to school and she's like this this culinary master. Mm -hmm. And, okay. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I am the banker. She may not know uh, about investments yeah. as much. And she True. may say, you know, Daniel, I met you today and I want to connect with you about what, what can I do in investments? Can I open an account? Can I start buying stocks? Can What can I yeah. do to help to, to, to supplement my business as a you know, woman in business, as a yeah. chef, a new mother, all of these things, you know? And I can go to her and say, boy, I need you to teach me 
um, things about cheeses or, or wines and, you know, what, when, when, I, when I'm cooking my chicken, how I do that? And, you know, all of these things. I can come to you, Danielle, and say, boy, it's time for me to start my healthy journey and to live a better life and to eat properly and to start working out. Absolutely. I need your advice. And because me a hot girl, you know. <laughs> yes, you are. Hot girl summer coming up. <laughs> I can say, boy, Tisha. I need a new wardrobe. I need something to compliment me. What what are you, what are your thoughts on you know me accessorizing? I have this photo shoot for VM, and mm -hmm. you know I want to look my best. You know, recommend some some outfits, some pieces, some art stuff. Or I can even say to you, say boy, you know, I just bought a new house and I want to deck it mm -hmm. out with some nice pieces. I can I most can call on yeah. another female to say this yeah. is your area of expertise. Yeah. How can I rely on you and you rely on me? And that exchange of information is wealth. Exactly. Absolutely. Right there. Absolutely. Chef, you hit the, the nail on the head. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. From your experience, when would you say your business started to actually pay you? Wow. <laughs> um, my business took a while. Um, when you're starting from like the ground up, I mean... Years ago, I mean, I'm baking from my kitchen at home. Mm -hmm. When I'm at home living with my parents, you take over the fridge, you take over everything. I mean, I've done weddings and stuff for people and the entire dining table, I bring in trestle table in the living room and every table is, is, is decked out with cakes and all kinds of stuff for people. I mean, I've taken over my house um, and I was able to get a, a commercial space um, in my parents' building. So... It didn't start paying me until maybe, of course, in between, I went back to school. So you kind of start from scratch again. Um, and it's kind of like an ongoing, ongoing cycle. But it took me a couple of years well, because I keep reinvesting in my business. Um, the very nature of my business means that I need certain tools, commercial equipment in, in larger volumes yes. and bigger space. And all of these things are costly. Um, if you're going to bring in a chef, other chefs to, because it's not me alone, of, of, of course, um, your team, you need a space. Everything costs money. Takes a while before you start paying yourself and actually seeing a return on that investment. It took me a couple of years. But you would have put pen to paper. Yeah. Planned it. Yeah. Executed. Yeah. And continuing to invest in the business. So later on, you can reap the real reward. Of course, of course. Magnificent. Ticio, mm -hmm. what are some of the major sacrifices that you had to make in your personal life to assist with the growth of Rev? Oh, Lord. That's a big one. Um, because I don't look at it as sacrifice. I look at it as, a, as at, um, planting seeds. And everything takes time to nurture and to grow. So um, I may not be able to do all the things I wanted to do when I want to do them, but I've always been this very quirky, different person anyway. So like, even like, you know, things that my friends would enjoy, thinking back to like university days was never really my thing. Like, for example, going to the parties and stuff. I may do one or two of them, but born in a Kingston, but I always love the country and everything there. And I love traveling and stuff like that. So for me... um. I'd prefer to plan, you know, but when I started up Rev and still there are times because I find doing business because he asked this question earlier about 
some being an entrepreneur, what you don't expect. Sometimes, you know, you think you're on this, this journey, you, you write out, you have your business plan and everything, but it's moving and it's changing and things happen. And I think the pandemic was a wonderful, uh, reality check with that. So you find that you may be at a certain level, but you have to go back a couple of steps because you have to readjust yourself. Um, so sacrifices for me, it's not a matter of sacrifices. It's just, I don't look at it that way. It's just like uh, things I have to do. I have to plant these seeds if I want to be able to enjoy the fruits later on. Love you it. know? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I want to, I may not be able to travel as much as I'd like to because I have things to do, but my forget that done first. I know I'll be able to do all of those things in the future. So you, you just focus on prioritizing. Yeah, so delayed gratification. You know, so I, I I may want something now. Like, for example, like, I always, I'm, but I love to, I think humor is so important in life. So like even a car I drive now, people are like, you're a fucking a car. Why would you drive that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm an artist. I'm allowed. <laughs> because yeah. like I drive like a little cheapy car. But the truth is I bought that car cash, you know, so I, I hang my basket where I can reach it. So like you watch my car, don't worry about it. It's one less loan to pay. So like even during the pandemic, there are certain things my expenses are really low because I've always lived within my means and I always set goals and I have a plan. So, you know, by the grace of God, it might, you know, keep me going so that I can bring those plans to life. But I saw me lead my thing, you know, which is very right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Tisa is here telling us about plan, 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 this plan. <laughs> Tisa, give us a, give us a prep into the plan. To take over the world, Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But um, one of the things that hit me while I was like in my early 20s living in France, you know, falling in love with that culture and that allowing me to shape myself as a woman was one of the things that blew me away is that the story of Coco Chanel. I didn't really, I wasn't somebody who was into brands and stuff like that. I like something I buy. It can be cheap or whatever, as long as it looked good on me. But when I lived in Paris, I lived in France, rather, I learned and visiting Paris, I learned to have a different level of respect. And I've always had a curious mind. So Coco Chanel, who was like one of the most influential people of all times, you know, um, and as you can tell, the number one billionaire is from France. Right. Uh huh. Okay. So they have a legacy that's different. So what I got fascinated about was how is it that Coco Chanel, who died in the 80s and lived, who was an orphan, was able to create a brand that everybody is like dying to have a piece of Chanel. Everybody. The top designers have been recruited by this company and people live on. Louis Vuitton, they've been around since the 18th century. They have books, ledgers, where they serve French noble, nobility and, and loyal, royalty rather from the 1800s. How is it that they're able to do that? And still carry this through to the 21st century. And I became truly fascinated by that. And my thing is, black people, I'm sorry to sound racist, but people of color, you know, we have that potential. So how can we do that? So my mission with our company is to leave a legacy that even when my brother and I are long gone, people aspire to have a rev piece in their closet. They want to be a part of that community. And I truly became fascinated with that. So our plan is to become a globally recognizable brand, uh, the go-to Caribbean and Jamaican brand mm-hmm. for quality, unique, bold, authentic, handmade pieces, original pieces uh, from, from Jamaica, inspired by everything that's positive. So I want to be that successful global brand. And that's what we're building from foundation up, which 
is a lot of work. It's more, I'm very, as I said before, I'm very ambitious, but that's my, my vision has always been, and that's our mission. And to give back positively to everyone and our environment and all of that stuff in the meanwhile as well. So that's what we're building. That plan is sound very exciting and it's it's, mm. it's, it's sound like a foolproof <laughs> plan still. I, I, we're trying. I can appreciate, you know, wanting to grow and expand, but to remain authentic. Yes. To remain um, in the lines of where you mm-hmm. founded, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that that's quite an impressive way to, to put your mission and your vision out there because yeah. a lot of companies that we start, we tend to forget our whys. Mm-hmm. We tend to forget the vision, you know, why I really started this mm-hmm. and what is your actual mission. And I'm glad that you actually have that yeah, written been very down. clear. And you have, you have to be clear, you have to be pointed and you have to be intentional yeah. about your business. So looking back though, what are some of the things you think you could have done differently? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask um, Danielle to share. <laughs> what are some of the things that I could have done differently looking back? Um, all right, so let me see. I think uh, looking back into the, my past as a, an individual and as founder of therapy, I think I would have believed more deeply in my ability to overcome challenges um so i would have spent less time feeling fear and really enjoyed the excitement of growth and and the the journey of learning that's one thing i would have done differently and i will remind myself to keep doing because growth can be scary and we do spend a lot of energy in a space of fear instead of a space of curiosity um, and growth two i would allow my community to nourish me um, I would ask for more guidance, you know, when I was 24, 25, um, in laying my foundation and I would spend the time necessary to rebalance myself. So as an individual to not forget, it's not just about what it is you're trying to build and accomplish, but you as a person, you have to remember your human you have to nourish yourself. You have to take care of yourself and don't burn two ends of the candle um, for too long. So I think balance is very important. Listen, <laughs> that's it right there. Balance is very important. And what else? And of course, you want to get financially literate right away. Have <laughs> a firm foundation where that is concerned and build on that. Definitely. Thank you, Danielle. Chef, what about you? What are some of the things that you think you could have done differently? There are a few things I could definitely do differently, but hindsight is twenty twenty. I would not be who I am, who I am now, and where I am now had I not gone through certain things. I just have to trust that I went through by the grace of God, and mm. I'm here where I need to be in His divine time. So you could say, "Oh, yeah, you know, you had a." a a child later in life, you might have, you know, started your business a little bit later. That journey was meant for you. Um, obviously, I could have, you know, started doing my, laying my foundation sooner, planning, putting pen to paper and making sure I, I, I plot a proper path. But 
I can't dwell on what has already passed. I am, I've made peace with everything now. I am where I am because that's where I'm supposed to be. That's the only way I can think of it. Yes, um, a little bit younger, it would have been nice to do certain things sooner. People can learn from your mistakes. I could have learned, you know, my mistakes vicariously. That would have been nice too. <laughs> But again, this journey is my own and I, I, I can't say I would change it. Certain things in life I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be a certain place without having gone through what I've gone through. That's, that's just it for me. I, I, I really appreciate, you know, how open and honest, you know, we all are in this space because um, when they see us out there with our capes on, <laughs> no, it is, it, it, it's facts. When they see us out there, we have on our best face and we, we put our best foot forward. They don't see what would have gone through in the past and, you know, all yeah. the, the toiling and, and, yeah. and, and twisting and turning um, for the, the success that they see now. And so we have to, you know, give, I would say, commendations or praises or thanks to the journey or to the, to the obstacles that were in our way yeah. for, for, for the mountains that we had to climb and the valleys that we had to roll in to be Absolutely. here and standing up firm yes. on this day. Yeah. Saying that we're... we're billionaires to be yeah <laughs> quite possibly going through all of those things laid an even more solid foundation because i know the value of everything now i know what i had to go through i can appreciate everything more so you have to learn some very very hard lessons sometimes extremely hard yes <laughs> and also the fact that we have to rely on our faith to take us through the tough sure. times sure. absolutely Because I, I, I hear in each of, the, each of these mini testimonials, you're responding to my question, but it's really a testimony that you're giving, that in each of your responses, you mentioned that by the grace of God and, you know, God have to take me through this to reach here and just holding on. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I too can testify that without God in the midst, we really wouldn't be here where we are. Um, he's been holding our hands and he's been guiding us along the way. Glory. He's helping us to grow, helping us to, to see and to envision where our next step should be. And that is an amazing way to just culminate everything. I really feel like I, I have to do a part two. So Tajna, I'm going to ask that we invite Chef Daniel and Ticia back next week so we can wrap up this conversation because this is too juicy. This is really enriching and interesting and I'm just loving this. So as a reminder, you can find us on vmwealthwise.buzzsprout.com as well as on the VM Wealth YouTube channel. Please don't forget to like our LinkedIn page at VM Wealth Management. 
So tune into part two next week here on the WealthWise podcast. And don't forget for all your wealth management needs, just call us at VM Wealth at 876-960-5000 or email us at wealthinfo at myvmgroup.com. Podcast production courtesy of Infinity Media. Don't forget you can build your wealth with us at VM Wealth Management. Advice. Solutions. Performance.